Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. Well, what we're in midway through July. I don't even know how we're almost seven months through this year. Uh, 2020 has been a wild ride. Uh, we, some theme park is probably going to make a, the 2020 like roller coaster. And uh, <laughs> we would hit some make. I think for some people, we hit some extraordinary highs, and for some people, we hit some extraordinary lows, and probably everything in between. Uh, my guest today, we're going to get to in a second, but he he's managed to create a very cool empire of tons of different businesses. Like he is literally a jack of all trades. He has his hands in and his um, his his creative energy in so many different places, and he's managed to build lots of different ways to make money. And I think that's really relevant and important right now because of the shifting and changing environment we're in. He can work for any, anywhere. It's based on a computer. He doesn't have a boss. But I also think this is important because he's also, um, I don't want to just say an expert, but he's also someone that struggled with mental health and suicide. And I think that in this time that we're in is also new for a lot of people. I, I think that we all have had issues with mental health in our life, but we don't all, we're not all conscious of it. We're not all aware of like, we don't all suffer from depression or debilitating anxiety, but we do suffer from worry, sleepless nights, um, maybe days that we're so stressed that we don't eat, uh, things like that, that maybe they don't last so long that you're like, I need to seek support or help from this, but maybe they, they I think they do impact all of us in different ways. That being said, I think with COVID, with a lot of the, the civil unrest, whether it be political or um, I want to say like uh, civil rights movements that are going on, there's so much happening at one time. And if you even look like, you know, if you look at different media sources and social media, it, there's a lot to be with. It, it can be you know, I know for me, it's been challenging to stay positive. It's been challenging to stay hopeful. And it's pulled out my negative, my default negative or pessimistic view of the world of humans. So I've had to practice and get really conscious to where my mind goes. Because unmonitored, my mind kind of goes off the rails. And, and people that have listened to this podcast in the past, no, I've shared about this. You know, I, by default, go to human beings suck. People suck. The world sucks. It's not, what's the point of all this? I get negative. I get pessimistic. But I'm not committed to living that life. As a coach, as a podcaster, as an author, as a man in the world, 
I'm not committed to living a life of negativity, of pessimism, of hopelessness. I'm committed to living a life of, of um, authenticity, of love, of integrity, of commitment, of play. And all these things force me to, to practice doing things different so my mind doesn't get off the rails. So some of the ways I do that is I have to do the work to meditate, to get quiet, to slow down the thoughts. I need to do things like work out and exercise. I need to make sure I'm drinking enough water. I need to make sure I'm getting enough sleep. I need to make sure I'm not on my social media or on the news all the time. I need to make sure the books I read, the people I'm around, all contribute to me keeping this train called Alex Terranova on the tracks. And if I don't pay attention, right, if you take the driver and let go of the steering wheel, the car or the train is not going to keep going the way you wanted it to go. And so I'm really excited to talk to our guest today about what he's learned and how he does that and learn about all these different ways he's made money. Because that's also something I've been up to. When I, when I left the hospitality business, I started a, my coaching practice and I got trained for a year, really intense training. I've talked about this before. And I started a practice and it slowly, 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 it took about three years to really create something solid. But now going into leading into my sixth year, I built a pretty great business as a performance coach, a uh, business coach, a life coach. And I know that every time I'm working with a team or a person, I'm giving up my time for money. And I know that I'm making a difference, so it's worth it. And there's only so much time I have in the day. So how do I make more money with the same amount of time? Well, our guest has, has done some really cool things with that, showing ways, different ways to make money in all sorts of places, which is something that was one of my goals for 2020. I don't think I've talked about that, but one of my big goals for 2020 was to come up with 10 ways that I can make money um, that I can actually put into practice. They can be associated with my business. So if you go to my website, you see I have a course now. You see I have a book. You can buy like a, a daily planner that I've created. Um, I'm working on a new course with one of my mentors about like speaking, like being out in the world and, and having your voice be heard. So I keep creating, and this year I've actually, I'm up to six. So I have six ways now to generate income and, and some are better than others, right? But you don't know which ones work until you do. And our guest today has created a bunch. And I was pretty shocked when I looked at the different variety. And I think you will be too. So let's get on with it. Let's introduce him because I want to learn from him. And I think you're going to learn from him also. So my guest today, he he's, like I said, he's done everything. So I'm going to kind of bullet point all the different things who he is and what he's done but he is he's an author and he's put together a handful of books and he's a big fan of disney so if you go onto amazon you can see he has uh, quotes from disney he has jokes from disney he has quotes from motivational people inspirational quotes but he has at least you know five or so books i think there might even be a couple more he's the first suicide prevention motivational speaker he has a course that's called Seven Passive Income Ideas and Strategies that actually profit. He has a YouTube channel. He has a Spotify, he has, he has a Spotify account where he has motivational speaking tools that help you like get through a workout or keep your mindset right. He volunteers as a su uh, for suicide hotlines to support others. He's a motivational speaker. He has an Amazon store. He has an Amazon Prime series. Uh, which is called Suicide Stories, which is an animation short. He's a drop shipper. He has an Etsy store. He's a Shopify store. 
literally this guy's doing it all. I'm probably missing some, some things, but I'm really excited and uh, eager to introduce you to Addison Zegan. Addison, welcome to the podcast, man. Alex, that was the best intro I've ever had. I'll tell you right now. Thank you so much for bringing me on your show, man. What do you, outside of like, look, I just bullet pointed like all these things. What do people need to know about you that can't be like told in like a box checking strategy? I think I think the best thing people need to know about me is just I'm a person who likes to live his life and not be slowed down about other people's opinions about. Did you have to learn that in some way? Like, was that a hard lesson to learn? It is. It's. I think it's a a hard lesson for a lot of people to learn to to not go against what their parents might think of them, what their friends might think of him. You know, oh, you know, there's so much stigma around the thing that I love the most, but I can't do it because my family's going to disown me or or I'm not going to, there's no success rate. I'm not going to be able to make it, but just to go out and be the true self, who you are, what you know you're good at, and to just say, I don't care about other people's opinions. I'm going to live my life for me. I don't care how tall my grandpa grandpa was. I have to do my own growing, you know? You got to do your own growing. You got to be in your own lane. And, you know, go, you got to own up to your weirdness. And you got to own up to, to who you are as a person. We're all weird in our own ways. We just got to embrace it. I like Disneyland a little too much. I'm sorry. You know, that's just who I am, you know. So own yourself. Live your best life. What is it about, you know, you shared this with me before we hopped on. You have Simba tattooed on your neck. If you go to your <laughs> if you if you Google your name and go to AddisonZegan.com, and you look at all the things that you've created and you go to your Amazon page as an author, there's a lot of Disney. What is it about Disney that, you know, snags you, catches you, that has you so inspired? I think the whole vision of Walt Disney creating something that it puts you into a whole different world, right? When you pass through those little gates of Disneyland right there, all your problems go away, right? You got the music, you got the band, you feel like you're at a whole different uh, world. And I just love the theming of it. I love the culture of it. I love the people there. I mean, when they say they really wanted a place for the happiest place on earth, like that's pretty impressive when you try to say that in itself of like, this is where you go. <laughs> it's the happiest place. Like, and I grew up there. My mom, she worked HR. And so I had season passes and I'd go every single day if I could, you know, and, and I just, I feel that that really I was kind of raised in, in the parks. You know, I was raised going there when things were hard, when my family was falling apart. That's where I would run to when things weren't going right in my life. You know, that's, that's a big coping mechanism for me. And I think, you know, now that, you know, we can talk about a Corona a little bit, like a lot of people are losing those coping methods, right? So I can't go to Disneyland anymore. I can't go to Universal Studios. And it's been hard to find new things for me to, to, to attract to, to be okay during this whole crazy pandemic. What do you do now? Cause this is, this is a pretty relevant thing, right? And you, you've done suicide, hot, you, you've been a suicide hotline counselor. You do that. Um, yeah. You've written, you, you've done a lot of work around mental health with suicide specifically. And I yeah. want to talk about your experience with that uh -huh. in a in a minute, but I first want to look at like, Hey, we do have these things stripped from us, right? Like I had my hot yoga classes taken away from me essentially because of what's going on, which is, yeah such a privilege that I have that I'm not, it's like of all the things that could be taken away, please take that. You know, you didn't take my food or my house, 
but still, right? That's where I got a lot of my peace, my well-being. You took totally. the gym away. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying like there wasn't anybody specifically, but these things got removed because of the environment that we're in. What are you doing and how do you keep your, your brain kind of going the way you want, despite these things that are being kind of stripped or taken away? I think for me personally, what works for me might not work for you, might not work for someone else, but I think it's the constant effort of, of saying, okay, am I doing okay today? Is my mental health, am I on the edge? Am I fighting more with my significant other? You know, really tapping into owning who you are, owning up to your um, feelings and saying, hey, you know, like, why am, what's the root of why I'm so mad? Is it mad because I can't go to hot yoga today? Has my peace been suffering? Well, what's, what's the cause of it? You know, there's a lot of people that are suffering right now because of that. Just know that you're not alone, right? And I think you're right when, you, when you're saying, you know, limit your media, limit your time on social media because it can take a toll on you and what you put inside of your mental, mental well-being. So for me, I have to go and I have to, Maybe it's finding a new documentary series of something that's interesting, you know, sparking a new hobby like, you know, laser engraving, right? Maybe making leather bracelets. I don't know. See, like those are things that intrigue me, but I, it, it's all about intriguing you. And you can find those things on YouTube. You can find those things through your friends. You can have conversations with new people or old people and just trying to find something new that really sparks your interest to help you get through these hard times. That's, that's what I would recommend. That's the, that's the key right there is take care of number one. And that's you. I I really want to touch on all the entrepreneurial things because I think you, you do a lot of things in different areas. And the first thing I know where my brain goes, it's like, you have an animated short. Well, my default brain goes to, well, I don't, I can't do that because I don't know how to make animation. (laughs) And I think we all as human beings have this, right? Like your friends, there's so many ideas. There's a million things we can do. And if we don't already know how to do it, which most things we don't already know how to do, there's a very small piece of what we know how to do. uh, We got to figure it out. We got to learn. We got to find ways. We got to be willing to fail. We got to get out there. I want to look at all the different things you've been willing to do, but I want to touch on, I want to stay with the mental health for a minute. What's your story with suicide and depression? and, And like, tell me about that. And how have you learned? Like, what have you learned through that experience? Yes. I mean, what I've learned through this whole experience of, of me going up and down through, you know, wanting to take my own life multiple occasions with, you know, starting a company that was super successful and having it be ripped away from my ex-wife and she was cheating on me and, and getting into prescription pills. And, and, and while this was all happening, like I was recording everything. Like I, I knew that there was something big was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to live or die. And so, if you go onto my Instagram, like you can even see like my suicide attempts. Like I'm very open with like how in the dark I was, how alone, how like on the verge of losing my whole life was like, it's just a miracle today that I get to speak and talk to people. And I think that story alone holds so much power for someone who maybe be feeling like it's the end of the world, right? Like I put myself out there. I, I don't, I don't care, you know, because I know that if, if 10 people say, wow, you know, that you shouldn't be showing that. But one person says, wow, that's me. How did Addison go from there to here? Like, that's what it's all about. It, and and for, for me personally. So um, I, I think, I think at the end of the day, like me getting to, to the worst parts of my life, 
and, and really thriving, it, it's what keeps me going. It, it's what, if, if people can see, and the people have watched me for years on social media, if they can see me go from the bottom all the way to where I'm at now, then anyone can do it, you know? And, and I feel obligated to tell my story because this pain, this, this suffering, these suicide attempts, they're not going to go anywhere. People think that, you know, you can get a lobotomy and you're, you're going to be, you know, healed, right? Those memories, those traumatic events that you go through in your life, they're always going to be there. And the only thing that you can do is use them as fuel. When I'm down and I'm depressed and I go, you know what, Addison, look where you came from. Look at how close you were to actually taking your life, you know, buying, buying drugs off the deep web with Bitcoin. You know, uh, that's like that's like Russian roulette right there. You pop you pop a pill. You don't even know you could you could die on the spot. And I have I have all that recorded, you know, so I think it's important to document, you know, where I've come from and now where I'm going. And I feel that if, if my story can change people's lives, that's what it's about. That's, that's what it's all about. You know, I've never, suicide is something I've never personally had any, like the experience with, like on a personal level, right? Like I know people who have, who have thought about it, had those experiences, but I've never personally ever thought about like taking my own life. And I'm super grateful for that because I don't think it's like necessarily a choice, right? Those feelings show up. Um, I've always been able to, to, I've always somehow, and I don't know why, like, I mean, luck, you know, who knows, maybe my parents put something in my mind unconsciously. I remember even like in, in any of the darkest times I've ever had, and I know that I've been depressed or very sad at times. I've always felt like, hey, I'm going to get through this, right? I could always see that it might be a week, it might be a day, it might be a year, but there's going to be another side. And I'm, I'm very lucky to have been able to see that even in the darkest times. And that doesn't mean I didn't drink too much or smoke too much weed or, or yeah. sleep a lot more or drown myself out. But I never went to the extreme of like, right, you can do all those things and recover. If you actually take your life, there's no recovery. You're, you're just done. What do you, I'm curious, like how you can share the experience of that with people that don't understand it to give us some ability to like empathize and understand what it must feel like to be in that place totally. where you can't see a future. Totally. I think um, one of the, the main factors for me of actually becoming a, a volunteer suicide hotline counselor was looking up the numbers, like from ages 13 to 26, suicide's the lead, the second leading cause of death in America. And that's like relevant today, right? The numbers are increasingly increasing every year. And it's kind of like a scary thing when you look at those numbers being like, wow, this is, and that's my kind of demographic is those kids that are middle school, high school, and then young adults all the way from 13 to 26. And so when you see those numbers, you're just like, wow, like, okay. So uh, in that moment, right in their brain, they're developing hormones, right? And some hormones could be up, some could be down. Right. And so they're really trying to figure out who they are as a, as a person. And so, um, the fact that you've been able to go your whole life without having to have those experience, that's awesome. You know, like some people, they go through their whole life and cancer's in their family, but they don't get cancer, you know, and, and it could be genetic. You know, we're not really sure. We don't know why these numbers are increasing and we don't know like why, you know, th these kind of things are happening. So I would say, you know, just understanding that that's a cause 
And, and I would say mine's very niche, right? Like I'm a very niche person because you're right. Not everyone can deal with that, but there could be a point in their life where their son or daughter may deal with that or their nephew or someone that they know, like you said, have dealt with it. And if you don't know CPR, when someone needs CPR, don't you wish you knew CPR right in that moment? And I think it's all about being prepared too. And it's not just about suicide because what happens is I hear on the phones, someone loses their job. They lose their uh, significant other, and then they get diagnosed with a disease like maybe HIV or something. If you have all those three hit you at once, if you lost your job, you lost your significant other, and you have a disease, would you not want to take your own life? Of course you would, because those are crises in life that are just very heavy crises, right? And so I think being prepared on your life and your crises is something we should all understand. When I'm when I'm on these lines, I have to have complete compassion for the person and it's about their trauma it's about their problems in their life right when we try to talk to people about this stuff we always try to make it back about us unfortunately you know someone says hey i got my heart broken and you have that one friend says oh you sh you shouldn't feel like your heart's broken there was this one time i got my heart broken and it was way worse than you ever had so so if I can get through it, then you can get through it. You know what I'm saying? So you need to cut that <laughs> out, right? When you relate it to them and saying, wow, I can't believe you got your heart broken. Tell me what happened. And when you explore it and you talk about them and show them compassion, that's when people start really being able to change. So yes, I understand. You might, you might not ever feel suicidal. I get it. That's, that's totally normal. Good for you. Keep going. This life's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know what I mean? Like we got to keep our mental health and the fact that you have that, Hey, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Some people don't have that. Some people mm -hmm. can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think people like you and people like me to keep preaching that we just keep saying, Hey, you know, it is going to get better. That is a message and so powerful in itself when you can relate to people on that level. How did you go from and I don't know that this is the order you tell me, but like, how did you go from the, the mental health work and the suicide work to becoming this entrepreneur who's dabbling in, I don't know how many things I read off before, but basically, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, how many different ways are you bringing in income? How many different points? I, I, have, ten, I have 10 passive incomes and I, I manage 11 different artists that bring music royalties every month. I've written multiple books. I mean, we, we know the list, but the thing is, is when I was, going through my rebellion phase, through, through my drug abuse phase, all that trash, I would get tattoos. Like I have many a tattoos and, you know, I get in trouble. I, you know, I, I got in trouble for pretending I was a doctor. Like I would pretend to get Xanax scripts. Wait, 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 wait. You have to explain pretending <laughs> I'm a doctor. What does that mean? So I, like I used to work in the, the pharmacy and I needed you know, drugs to make new friends and to, to fill my habit. So I would make calls on the phone pretending I was a doctor and they put me in jail because you're not supposed to do that. Right. So, so I'm, I'm a, I've got a felony for pretending I'm a doctor. I have all these tattoos. I can't find a place to live. I can't find uh, a job because no one wants to hire someone with a criminal record. You know, this is, this is like, 10 years ago, right? So I'm this kid who's 21, who just literally destroyed his life. 
there was my only option was to make money online. I had no other option. I had to find a way to make money online because no one else would hire me. I had to find different alternative living situations. You know, I was doing van life before van life was cool. I'm just saying. <laughs> but now I just, I drove Mercedes Benz truck the other day. And now that made me feel a little bit better that I'm actually upgrading in my life, you know? So, uh, you know, you come from the bottom, like, you know, like I used to live in a van and now I get to drive like a hundred thousand dollar car, you know, it doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, I think it, it, it came out of necessity. It came through my hardship. Right. And so for my mental health, it was like, well, what do you know a lot about? You know, a lot about messing up, you know, as someone who's a motivational speaker has to be very unmotivated to get motivated. You just got to use what you know in life. So then when we look at all these things, right? I mean, I, I said them before, you got Amazon stores, Prime Series, drop shipping. You didn't know how to, you learned how to do these things, right? You don't innately learn, know how to do exactly. them. Yeah. What, what's, most people stop. I think this is the, the unique thing about people like entrepreneurs actually in general, but entrepreneurs don't stop where most people stop. They keep figuring out new ways to generate money. That's what makes them an entrepreneur. Yeah. Most people go, well, I don't know how to drop ship. I've never drop shipped before. It sounds hard. It's like, I don't have the, the, I don't have the, um, the money to get started or I don't know how to build the website or whatever. Right. And come up with all the reasons and excuses. What has supported you to venture into all these different things like and, and, and not stop at what you didn't know how, but figure it out? How do you figure it out? I just, you know, I would have friends and say, hey, man, can I, can I sleep on your couch? I have nowhere to stay. I would lock myself in, you know, my room and go on the computer until I came out of success. Like, you know, I, when you are living off food stamps and you have nothing to lose, you know. And you, you gotta, you gotta keep going, right? There's no more excuses. You got YouTube, you got courses. Like there's the information is out there for free. You don't have to go to the library and try to find, read a hundred different books on how to do it. Everything you've ever wanted is that is it's right here. It's your phone. You got your phone right here. Just if you have a question, you Google it, right? I think us as a race, we're getting so much smarter as, and we're getting so, so like, beyond anything we have in the last 100 years because we have that information at our fingertips. So you force yourself at times to basically create something. And I really get that. I, um, sometimes I notice my best work comes out of um, when like the desire goes away and it becomes an, an, like a demand, like I have to. It's not, a, oh, I want to anymore. And I'm saying like, and I don't, I've been trying to actually practice creating this intentionally. So I was working on a speech recently and I'm ahead of, I'm ahead of the schedule, right? So I have like all this time and I'm sitting down, I'm trying to hammer out this speech. And every time I write something, like I'll write a couple of pages and I'm like, nope, this is, and I delete the whole thing. I like, I didn't even want to salvage it. And I did this a bunch of times. And as time went on, all of a sudden, it's like, now there's two days before I'm supposed to give the speech yeah. and I don't have anything. Yeah. And now I have to produce something right now. There's this pressure and I do, and I produce this thing and I write it out in like an hour. It takes me an hour to do it. Another hour to like clean it up, edit it, get it the way I want it to be. And so something that I've been working on for weeks suddenly is done in two hours. And I think we, people, uh, 
we talk about this in business is like, if you give a team 10 hours to do something, they'll take 10 hours. If you give them three hours to do it, they'll do it in three hours. Um, we have this thing about us as humans that that's often how we work. And so for me, I've been trying to create intentional pressure and stress instead of the time going forcing it, me saying, I have to do this right now. How do I have an hour? Even though I don't, it's made up. I have to create it an hour and see what I can produce. And often it's vastly more than it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't feel like working right now. I don't want to, all that shit. How do you, I hear you say locking yourself in a room, but I hear you doing the same thing. You create intentional pressure to generate results. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's like creating accountability and discipline is knowing that you can do something, but you're, you're choosing not to. And I think understanding like, hey, what is, your, what is your why? Why do you want this? Do you want this because you don't want to live on your friend's couch anymore? Do you want this because you want to move into your own place? Do you want passive income because you want a better life for yourself? If you can tap into your own, own emotions and use your emotions to drive your dreams, that is the key. Right. If you can mm. say, man, I just hate, I hate this, this fat, I want a six pack and you hold your stomach all day and you're like, I'm so sick of it. Eventually you're going to drive yourself either out of pure love for yourself or pure hatred for the fat, it's either love or hate that will drive you to make your dreams come true. What's been the um, most challenging part of become being an entrepreneur and having all these different businesses and all these different projects. Dude, the, the most difficult part for me is just seeing all these kids, these fake Lamborghinis and just, uh, <laughs> saturating the name of entrepreneur. Because like when I was in fourth grade, I would go to Costco and buy these little suckers and sell them to my kids in school. And you know, that was an entrepreneur, right? And so now you have everyone who thinks that they're an entrepreneur and I want to say that they're more called wantrepreneurs, where they want to be an entrepreneur, but they're not an entrepreneur. But that's just me. And it's something that you're born with. It's, it's something that you can see something and you can make a business out of. And it's just really saturated the game. And another thing is technology is moving so quick. You got TikTok and Instagram, and there's all these new platforms that are always popping up. And you're like, you got to learn how to relearn it, right? You got to got to jump into an app and that's why I'm always on my phone, I'm always on my computer because I know I have to learn something new today. I have to push myself out of my comfort zone even though I'm like am I uploading this right? Like I just came out with my Udemy course on how to do the passive income and I didn't know what I was doing and it was stressful, but I said, "You know what? I know that I need to help people. I know people need money right now. This would be a perfect thing to do." So I did it and it took me a couple months, but I, I forced myself to do it. And I think, I think right now it's, it's through the entrepreneur game and, and, and through the internet of starting your own businesses. It's just always about finding what's hot, what's new, because what works today might not work tomorrow. That's just how the game goes, you know, especially online. Tell me, you know, you said something to me when we were connecting before we recorded and got started, which was the amount of problems you can solve is equivalent to how much money you make. That's right. What does that mean? I mean, I, w- I really want you to like dig into this for, yeah, for the you know, audience. Who- I love that question. Thank you, Alex. Uh, so say you have a house and you say, hey, I want my house painted. And I say, hey, I'm a house painter. 
You're like, my problem is I got to, I got to paint my house. Oh, I can solve your problem. You're going to pay me to paint your house. I solved your problem. Your car's broken down. Same thing. You go to a mechanic, you can solve your problem. You get paid. I believe truly that that's the, the key, right? The more problems you can solve, if you can invent something for someone with a learning disability on a, on the drum set, there's a lot of drummers out there, or maybe they don't know how to play. You can have these different lighter sticks, right? It's just, that's why inventors, that's why people who invent stuff, that's why they make money, right? So I'm all about doing that, but doing the work once and then getting paid for the rest of your life with passive income. So yeah, I mean, motivational speeches, quotes, why go through YouTube or YouTube, Google and try to find 5,000 inspirational quotes when I made a book with the best of them already in it. You know what I'm saying? I solved the problem right there. There's people looking for really good quotes. I put them in a book for people to go in and, and have right then and there, you know? So, yeah, that's what I think. What's been your biggest success? Uh, well, I, I, had a, I had a t-shirt company that was pretty sweet, and we did the all-over print. We were, like, one of the first people to make the pizza onesies. And, like, those, remember, I was, like, a long time ago. <laughs> Five years okay. ago, we had Katy Perry wearing our T-shirts and our onesies, and we had Miley Cyrus wearing them. And a company was called Yeah Whatevers, and uh, we did really with BuzzFeed just loved us, and we were just featured in all these uh, magazines, and, and we were just making a lot of money. And that was the business that I lost during my divorce. That was my my claim to fame was I was this international, you know, designer for these clothing, and I had people wearing my clothing on the news and it was really cool. It got bought out by a company called rageon.com and me and Mike are still good friends to this day, but uh, rageon.com is the largest online printing store on Shopify and they just absolutely just kill it. And uh, if you get a chance to check them out, they make some really cool clothing and uh, that was probably my biggest, biggest win. Is that like when you, when I said success, right? I didn't know what you'd answer, if it was business or personal or money. Do you feel like in your life, that's your biggest success, that company, or is there something outside of business that you would say is actually your biggest success? Um, I mean, I enjoy creating something from nothing, you know, when yeah. you're an entrepreneur, it's like, you know, that's great. I, I can see myself and, and boast about myself on how I've become a a, a three six or one eighty turnaround, and my life's been better. But you know, I I think for me, it's about creating something that people love. You know, and maybe in five years, you might ask me and say, "Hey, well, what was the biggest? Why well, talked in front of fifty thousand people in front of an auditorium uh, or whatever?" You know what I'm trying to say? But mm -hmm. uh, I I don't know. I think I think it's all about just keep moving forward. I think business wise, that's what it was, and for for personal wise, I think it's just being here and still being able to tell my message like that's just accomplishment on its own. I really, I, I'm glad I'm alive. I'm glad I'm here and I'm glad I'm able to talk to people because, you know, just going through that, you can't, once you hit that bottom, you can bounce all the way back up, but you got to hit that rock bottom hard. And I feel like I have my life and I live it, you know, just to know that I'm never going to go back to that spot. What do you want people to know about, mental health and like success in the sense of, you know, they exist at the same time. You've, you've had challenges with mental health and yet you've been successful. 
that mental health doesn't mean you have to like not be like, what do you want people to know when, how those two things kind of collide? I think mental health is just as important as anything else, physical health, um, spiritual health, financial health. I think those all come together. And I think Mm -hmm. mental health has this stigma of being like, especially for dudes, because, um, guys are more likely to succeed on um, killing themselves and, and, and suicide attempts is, oh, like, you know, toughen up, man up, you know, like, you know, get, get it together, guys. Let's, let's, let's get it going. You know, like sometimes we need to take a break from our mental health. Sometimes those mental health triggers, like our family, sometimes we talk to our family and we're just like, I can't do this right now right? Family knows how to get under our mental health skin. It's, it's, it's true. A lot of people out there, their, their sisters, their moms, their grandmas, they'll drive them crazy. And I think it's important knowing how to handle, you know, when you're feeling down and when you're feeling um, good, right? Because a lot of nowadays, they're just prescribing prescriptions for this prescription. You know, everyone wants a magic pill, but if you mm-hmm. can take the hard time and, and go to a therapist, go, go to a counselor, you know, if, if you had your best friend, you know, die in a car accident, there's going to be some trauma there. You know, uh, a lot of, a lot of people, they want to just hide it underneath. And that stuff is like a cut. It can manifest, it can grow, it can get infected. And I think being honest with yourself and talking about, Hey, you know, I just lost my grandma, you know, I, she, and I, 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 she was my everything. I don't, I don't know how I'm dealing with this and talking to a professional therapist and their evaluation, it's just like when you go to the dentist, you know, they're looking at and examining your teeth to make sure, you know, hey, you need to floss more. Hey, you need to do this more. Mental health needs to be taken more care of because there's going to be problems in life where you're not going to be able to handle them mentally. You're going to say, oh, like, no, she's not, she's not dead. She knows you're going to have denial. You're going to have all these things. You're going to have grief, right? Grief is a part of mental health. And I think it's important we take care of it. If there's anything that you could, you know, I guess just giving you a soapbox moment to like really share anything that you want, anything about your life or your businesses or advice on mental health or entrepreneurship that maybe you haven't shared or talked about yet. Is there anything that you'd want to take a moment to offer or share with people? Um, yeah, I mean, right now, um, I, I moved back to California and it's been about a year and a half now and I've been doing um, suicide prevention since then. And uh, we, we've been going and helping a lot of people. I've talked to hundreds of people on the lines and uh, through their crises. And uh, I just want people to know that in my own life, my mom, she's currently divorcing, divor- divorcing her husband. And uh, she's going through a lot of domestic violence stuff. And I'm a crisis counselor. And a lot of things that I'm working with her with is it's just not helping. She's just in love with him and she wants to keep going back to him. And he keeps constantly beating her and, and I put him in jail before. And I just want people to know that like, I don't live this perfect life, right? There's still crisis in my family. There's still things that I'm dealing with in my life. Right. And even though my mom's going through this and I'm trying to help her through it, like you can't make anyone do anything. It's until when she gets to the point, they say it takes about seven or eight times before a woman can leave a domestic abuser that she'll finally up and leave because she's told me, Addison, I think he's going to kill me. I'm afraid for my life. You know, so I just want people to know that 
even if you go through all this extension training and, you know, I've had CIA negotiators, uh, FBI negotiators talk to me and train me to, to help people on the lines. Like I still deal with this. I still deal with things like this in my family, but I'm more prepared than I was before. And I think it's important just to, to have another thing on your belt, whether it be, you know, wanting to get involved with crisis counseling. I'm working with the mayor right now. I have a program called the Mayor's Crisis Response Team in LA. And we go out and we go out to school shootings, natural disasters, and we go and comfort people, homicide, suicide. So I'm training to do that. It's over by the Dodger Stadium. And, I, and that's another thing that I'm going to be able to add to my belt of when things go bad in life, right? And so I just want people to know, like, Addison's not this perfect. He, he has no problems in his life. I got problems. I got family problems. And I think that if, if you're listening to this and you're saying, man, you know, this is something that resonates with me, look into it. Look into something that you're dealing with, whether it be domestic violence or whether it be suicide prevention or whatever organization for mental health, because there's a lot of them. There's bipolar, there's schizophrenia, there's all these different ones. And I think once you learn how to help someone with that, you also help yourself. I love that. I love you. Some of my best, greatest joy that I get, it's like, it's not when I'm trying to make myself happy, but it's actually when I do something for someone else that I know it like contributes to their life. And then all of a sudden I feel the best I've ever felt and I don't do it to get that back. Yeah. That, but it's like unintentional. And I think sometimes it's the smallest things I made. I made my girlfriend lunch yesterday and I had said I was getting ready. I was getting ready for work. I had like 30 minutes uh, gap and I don't eat in the morning, but I know she doesn't. She's not like, I love to cook. She doesn't. I was like, hey, can I make you breakfast or lunch? Yeah. I had time for like one of them. And she's like, I want lunch. And then later in the day, I was like, hey, thanks for that. Thanks for like letting me make you. And she was like, what do you mean? Like you made me. And I was like, yeah, but that like thing that I got to do had me feel good because like there's that part of me that's like I got to take care of you a little bit. I got to make your day a little easier. I got to make you nourished. And I didn't do it for that to feel that way, but it was like a byproduct of supporting her had me feel even better yeah. about myself and my life. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's it is it can be that easy. Um Addison, thank you for for being here. Um thanks for telling us and sharing with us the the maybe not easy, you know, the the vulnerable things about your life, the suicide, the way you felt, the story you just shared about your mom and the challenging situation that that is um, and how you're trying to support her. Like you're not fixing it for her, but it's like, hey, I'm here for you and I'm supporting. Uh, thanks for the, the inspiration and the motivation you provide in the sense of like you have all these businesses and you make them all work. And it's not like every single one makes you a million dollars, but like it all works together to create the life that you want to have. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, for being an example of, of someone who balances uh, challenges of being human um, with the successes that they create. What are the, what are the best ways people can, you know, follow you, track you down, reach out so to you? I'm very active on Instagram. That's Addison, A-D-D. I-S-O-N, Zegan like vegan, Z-E-G-A-N. You can find me at addisonzegan.com, um, Facebook, Spotify. If you need those speeches, you can look me up on Amazon as well. And I also want to just say help is available 24-7. This is free. You can speak with a counselor today. You can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline if you feel 
that you or someone else is going through some suicide stuff and you don't really know how to help them, you can call them. Their number is 1-800-273-8255 and it's free consultation. They're going to help you find resources. Maybe someone needs a rehab or a suicide watch. This is free. If you know someone or you just want to help them, call that number, guys. Okay? Thanks for that, man. Thanks for the work you're doing and uh, the desire to help people that sometimes don't know how to support or help themselves. It's another episode of the Dream Mason podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Please, you know someone that needs to hear this episode that might need to hear those numbers that might need to hear uh, what Addison talked about. Maybe it's an entrepreneur. Maybe it's someone who is depressed. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe you don't even know and you just need to share it. But please share this episode with one person that needs to hear it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves out there. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream, and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.